The Derek Talks About Black with Black Podcast. Episode 5, I Love Annie. Hello and welcome to the Derek Talks About Blank with Blank podcast. Today's guest is I Love Annie. They are an indie rock band from Phoenixville area in Pennsylvania. They have 143 followers on Facebook and 149 on Instagram currently. So relatively speaking, they are a pretty new band. But even though they are a pretty new band, their song Aurora has over 9,700 streams on Spotify. Yeah! Congrats to you guys on that. Yeah. So, um, how about if you guys introduce yourselves and what instrument you guys play for the band? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Uh, my name is Nate. I am from the Tampa area, but I moved to Philadelphia not too long ago. And I am a lead vocalist and guitarist. Heck yeah. And um, I'm Declan. I am from the Phoenixville area. Heck yeah, represent, why not? And um, I played bass, and uh, I primarily play bass. I also do backing vocals and occasionally the fiddle. So be on the lookout for some fiddle parts in our two. Chase, do you want to go? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, I'm Chase. I play drums, and I'm from around Phoenixville as well. And I'm Zach, um, lead guitarist, and I'm also from Phoenixville. live only five minutes from this guy, so. Yeah, exactly. That's why he's here, so. Okay, thank you guys. Okay, so let's move on to the Gen Qs. So, first off, to start, what what other artists or groups are your biggest inspirations? And specifically to Nate, who's the lead singer, um, where do you draw inspiration for your vocals or your vocal technique? So, just any inspirations, throw them out there. Ooh, great question. So, I would say probably the biggest inspiration uh, for me uh, would be the Beatles, uh, and that is both like collective Beatles and all the like, solo stuff they did afterwards. Um, I would say vocally, I do like a lot of like growly stuff, and uh, probably relate to a little bit of like Bob Dylan uh, slash like War on Drugs type dirt. Um, and then I also love bands like like smaller indie bands like Pine Grove. Um, yeah, probably I, I listen to Pine Grove like pretty much every single day. So huge inspiration from that kind of thing. I know Declan likes prog rock. Yeah, I'm a huge huge prog guy. Uh, yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. Like King Crimson, yes, Genesis, um, ELP. Anybody who plays guitar and bass in those bands, you could ask me a question about them. I'll know the answer. Um, of course, the Beatles. You know, there are people who argue that they were the first prog band, and I understand that argument. So I don't know. I thought I always thought that was pretty cool. And um, I'm also into like that groovy stuff too, like Steely Dan. Uh, I've been getting into Voltec recently, yes. and um, and some of the more like wild kind of out there stuff, like King Gizzard and the Lizard mm-hmm. Wizard. If you know that name. Yes, I know that. Awesome. Yeah, from yeah, they're Aussies. There's there's seven of them. Two uh, two of them are drummers, so they're really cool. 
I guess I would say for me personally, uh, Beatles, huge. Um, George Harrison is just as a player, as a musician, as a writer, amazing person. Um, I've been also recently getting into Peter Gabriel, just a lot of his later works, um, some of the mid 80s stuff. Um, but personally, in terms of guitar playing, uh, I definitely uh, really like to try to draw as much as possible from Stevie Ray Vaughan a little bit and John Mayer a little bit. I like how they touch the, uh, the way that they, their guitar playing. They're both very light. Uh, they both walk around it perfectly. So that's what I strive to do anyway. Um, and for myself, like they all said, the Beatles, I think you can hear a lot of that in the writing overall, especially how the guitar, bass and drums and the melody kind of interact with each other in almost like a contrapuntal way. Um, and, uh, for my drumming style, um, I like a lot of rock, um, a lot of indie stuff. Uh, I like some jazz combo drummers, uh, Max Roach, Art Blakey, Philly Joe Jones, um, big band drummers like Sonny Payne, uh, specific rock drummers, Dave Grohl, um, Rick Marotta, uh, Bernard Purdy, um, lots of old heads and some newer guys too. Um, but lots of old heads who are real innovators on the instrument. I like to listen to. Nice. Okay. So question two, do you ever find a deeper connection to one of the songs that you guys have made they guys have released four songs currently um but then another song that you weren't expecting to get popular gets popular so obviously as we know aurora is easily your most popular song just because it has over a thousand streams and all your others have under um so what were you guys surprised by aurora getting that much attention or no I guess I'll hit this one. I mean, I was mildly surprised. Um, I, I come from like a, like a solo, like singer songwriter kind of vibe down in Florida. And I never really did anything with a band. And so to, uh, to get with these guys and uh, release something like that, um, it was, it was pretty wild. I mean, I've been sitting on the Aurora song for a couple of years. I do primarily um, majority of our writing and I never thought that like it would vibe as much as it, as it did. And it totally just came together. And I think it was because like all of the, like all four of us were adding to it. Um, and we, we all had like some, re some really like interesting lines going on. Uh, as far as like answering your question though, um, I think for me, I relate to more like a, like a Reverend Simon type vibe because I come from like the more like, like folk style um, kind of music. And so that song's a little more folky. It's a little bit different than the other ones. Um, but as you, as you said, Aurora's gotten, a lot more popular it's, it's more i think it's because like that's more of like a windows down on a saturday kind of song um whereas reverend simon you like you got to be in the mood to, to get into that um but nonetheless i love them both so i'm, I'm about glad that you're doing well absolutely and i think um i mean if any of our tunes were gonna get like as popular as like well, yeah, I figured Aurora would have been the, the one to to rise up, you know. But um, I definitely say I feel like a stronger connection to Stranger just because, like, part of it's because I was given a little more freedom to do some more, like, a little more freaky bass stuff on it. Like, there's that one part where everything cuts out, and I got to, um, like, rec uh, record my bass over twice, like, an octave apart, and I, like, hard panned one to the left and hard panned one to the right. And, um 
and I was doing like I got to use the five strings, so I was hitting that really low C, and um, I feel like I was just I feel like there was a little more like freedom, and the song was just a little bit looser, so I could like fit little little riffs in there, and mm-hmm. I don't know, it just it just it, it felt a little more personal to me than like let's say like, let's say Butch or or Aurora, but I do really love those tracks. And also, um, Nate touched on Simon. Um, Nate actually had me play fiddle on that one, which so far is the only track where I actually got to um, play that. I had to, like, um, violin was my first instrument, but I had to, like, relearn some of the stuff just because it's been a while. So so I had to rebuild those violin muscles. Um, and I had to... Um, I had to like figure out like certain stuff on the fiddle because I was like classically trained. I wasn't really trained in like the fiddle style. Yeah. You did a great job though. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But um, it, it was a it was a learning curve. I had to I had to learn a bit. I had to do some research for that one. But but yeah, no, that's um, I guess that would just be my take on. Yeah, he was vibing with it. That was that was recorded in my kitchen. That's true. Yeah, it was recording in um in Nate's kitchen at the time. It was it was cool. It was a great recording, or, or as we call it, uh, Dino Town Studios. Uh, it's uh, it's great. I think yeah. one. I don't personally have a super deep connection to any of the tunes. I love them all. Um, they're great tunes. Just in terms of connecting with any of them, there's one thing that I will say. Um, one of our most recent tunes, Butch. I had a lot of fun making it. Nate and I um, spent a little bit of time one night um, just thinking, you know, what guitar part can we put in? What's going to fit? And everything we tried just seemingly wasn't working until just one quick little thing. In the back of his room, he had a a small three-string slide guitar. And I always thought that that thing was fun. I always just kind of played around with it, never thought anything too much of it. Um, And then I believe it was Nate's suggestion, try it on the tune. Uh, and so we did, and boy, it worked out quite well. So when you listen to Butch, listen for that slide guitar. It's in there. Yeah, it's really dope. I really do slide guitar. Shreds on that thing. Um, I guess for me, uh, I think I'm not surprised that Aurora got the most successful out of the tunes. They're, I think they're all really well written. Um, but I mean, the kind of music that I like to listen to is music that almost takes like a i guess you would call like a wagnerian approach where it's a lot of parts kind of all contributing to a big sound um and each part might not like uh not have a super complicated or super out there part and you know the player might not shine but in context it makes a lot of sense how it sits um you know listen to any beach boys record any steely dan record um, anything by Wagner and you can hear that. Um, and I think Aurora is a good example of that, of everything kind of sitting without sticking out, uh, unnaturally or unnecessarily. You're not trying to bog the listener down with too much information. And I think, you know, songs like that, you know, I think that's why the Beatles were so popular. You know, they all stood in their lane and they all did their thing and had their personalities, but the sum of the parts was more important to them ultimately than the part itself. Um, so I think that's why I like Aurora so much and why I think it got popular out of the tunes. Nice. Okay, number three. Um, favorite artists or groups at the moment? Like, what what are you, what's in your listening? Uh, or what are you listening to right now, like, consistently? 
don't know if you want to shoot this one first or I guess I could shoot this one first. Um, so as I previously mentioned, I'm listening to a lot of Peter Gabriel recently, just a lot of the 80s stuff. Uh, it's a little more ambient and I really enjoy that in terms of feel and things like that. Um, I, a band that I've always gone to in the past recently haven't listened too much of it, just trying to expand my horizons, but something I know a lot about would be Pink Floyd. Um, just, I love their golden year albums, anything basically from the late sixties to the late seventies. Um, and one of their albums in the mid eighties, I just really enjoy. Um, so, I mean, in terms of style, I love the ambience of that. I love the ambience of eighties, Peter Gabriel and things like that. Um, also see now I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember a different band, but either way, just those are pretty much a lot of what I listen to now. Um, I guess I'll go next. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Pine Grove. Um, too much Pine Grove. Uh, <laughs> uh, I really, I've really been digging them recently in their style. Um, in terms of, I guess, like classical stuff, uh, I like minimalism a lot. Steve Reich and Philip Glass and Terry Riley. So I'm always checking out some of their stuff. Um, I was listening to Miles Smiles by Miles Davis, um, a couple other jazz records with good drums, um, some Sinatra, um, and also Queens of the Stone Age, Forever and Always. Heck yeah. Um, you just took a trip around so I, many I, genres right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our that's our chase. Um, recently, um, well, the most recent would be um, I traded a buddy of mine one of my vinyls for this um, this double LP, and it's um, the movie soundtrack, like the original soundtrack from nineteen um, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Yeah, I've been. It was it was Wyatt actually. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that guy's the best. Oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, Wyatt. Um, he, his band name is The Moon Illusion. Go stream his music. His music is awesome. But yeah, um, I've been listening to that and like, I didn't realize just, I mean, I know John Williams is a legend. He's done so many different movies. He's known for Star Wars, but I didn't realize just how awesome it was until I listened to it by itself without like any of the, um, any of the blaster fights or the lightsaber duel or Han Solo tonguing Princess Leia, you know, (laughs) Sorry for that imagery, but um, and and Nate just leaves for a second. <laughs> but seriously, the music is absolutely incredible. It's a good album score. Yeah, it's great. But um, other than that, um, I've been I've been listening to a lot of Tchaikovsky. I got a lot. I'm of- back. Can you all, can you all hear me? That's a good- we can hear you. <laughs> the ghost of Nate. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Tchaikovsky. A lot of uh, that. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Giz recently, King Giz from the Lizard Wizard, specifically um, Polygon Dwana Land. Okay. Um, great, fantastic okay. album. Okay. Um, Flying Microtonal Banana is really cool. And um, the biggest one that I've been listening to is uh, Steely Dan. Um, I've I've been listening to so much freaking Steely I got this guy. You got really big Steely Dan. Yeah, specifically, I got him into Asia. Check this out. I don't mean to flex on y'all, but I don't know if you can see this. Um, my Spotify wrapped. I was the top 0.01% of Steely Dan listeners in the year 2020. A lot of Steely Dan. Yeah. Oh my like, gosh. like I, I love Steely Dan too much. And, and I guess like, as always, I've been peppering in King Crimson 
Is it like my all-time favorite? But yeah, definitely a lot, a lot of Steely Dan, a lot of a lot of Giz, a lot of um, a lot of Star Wars by John Williams. Shout out to John Williams. Who uh, will and, probably uh, never see this podcast. <laughs> for that matter, shout out to Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. Come on, yeah. I'm gonna send on. it to him. We'll see if you. We'll see if he watches it. I'm gonna send it to him. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Mark Hamill. <laughs> are you uh, able to say, speak to us? <laughs> that was a soliloquy right there. Yeah, I want to speak to you. Can you hear me? Just, uh, just give it a try. We'll, we believe in you. <laughs> you got this, man. I would, to answer your question, Derek, uh, I would. I have Paul McCartney's Ram on repeat, uh, and I've also been listening to a lot of Yes lately, um, and that's been like huge inspiration. As Chase said, um, I'm also a Pine Grove freak. Um, I think I, I told you to get in the Pine Grove, Chase. Yep. I'm yes. glad you're finally doing it. Their drum rate is nasty, um, like big nasty. I know he's really and good. Their movie that just came out yesterday was incredible. It was like the most like wild sloth catch i've ever seen um but yeah definitely uh a lot of yes and a lot of paul mccartney and i've always listened to george harrison like and i just i vibe with that kind of stuff heck yeah wait what yes have you been getting into uh i got Harland. okay it's like one of their first albums. It will, on the cover, it just says yes. So oh, it's like self-titled. Album, yeah. I picked it up at a, at a record store not too far from me. That's, That's a great record. Yeah, Peter Banks on guitar. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, what's it? Tony mm-hmm. Amazing keyboardist. Yeah. Not as good as Rick Wake. Right. That being said, though, um, you should definitely I'm, – I'm sorry, Derek. I'm speaking directly to Nate. But um, you should definitely check out Going for the One. That's probably my favorite Yes record. Like, dude, good one. The track, like, just Awaken is easily one of their best tracks, like, ever. Is that the one that you um suggested to me and then I listened to it and I was like, what is this? This is amazing. It is very well could be. It's the one that goes around the circle of forts, like, halfway through. Is it the one where there's the guy on the front cover and he's got a naked booty? Yep, that's it. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, the one. It's the one with the naked booty. <laughs> yeah, no, like seriously though, like the title track, Turning for the that's Century, it. Turning the Century, Parallels, um, what's it called? Wondrous Stories, and then Awaken. It's 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 my favorite album of theirs. That that yeah. album is crazy. It's fa- it's amazing. Some of the best keys work by Rick Wakeman, like ever. Yeah, they're phenomenal. That that album will blow your mind. <laughs> Dude, yes is amazing. Shut up. <laughs> okay, moving on to my questions for you guys. Okay, yep. so let's get the elephant out of the Zoom call. What the freaking heck does I Love Annie actually mean? Also, how did you all meet each other? I feel Should like I... you would tie in. Should I uh, tell this one? Yeah, man. You tell, the, you tell the name. I can tell us how we all met. Okay. I'll tell the name. So uh, on a Wednesday, I was, I was chilling out, having myself a good poop, and uh, I was scrolling through Facebook Marketplace, and I found uh, this old combo organ 
from like the sixties. Okay. And I, I hit this guy up. I, I sent him a good old DM and I said, Hey, is this still available? as you do on Facebook marketplace. And he responded and you could like immediately just tell like this guy was like super flaky. Um, and he was like wanting me to come like check out this organ. And I was like, yo, what's your Addy though? And he didn't hit me up with that address. And so the next day, like a day goes by, it's a Thursday and I'm like, Hey, I want to buy the organ. And he's like, okay, but you're going to have to get it from my mom. And I was like, dude, it's like, it's whatever. Just send me the dang address. And he sends me the address and it's like an hour away from Phoenixville. And so I like, I take my car and I go drive and I, I pull up to this guy's house. The man's name's Michael. Um, and his mom comes out and it's like this sweet little old lady, which in context, that's like no more than four or five. And she, <laughs> rolls out and she said are you here for the organ and i was like yes i'm here for the organ she said oh michael said you would be coming here it is i haven't touched it since 73 and i was like oh excellent that is one heck of an organ you have there and so as as time went on i I ended up buying the organ she was she was so happy and she was like I'm so glad just a very very wholesome wholesome evening uh and i, I was sweet um and i was we wanted the name of the band dino town um but we figured it was more of like a like a funk band so we're a band name we're a studio now though and i was telling the story of andy uh the lady's name was ann and they're like, man, I love Anne. And I was like, whoa, that could be a name. So we named it I Love Annie after we released Aurora and I got like a pretty solid hit. I like reached out to the lady, like, hey, we named a band after you. Nice. The, that's the story of the name. Yeah. So that's how, yeah. <laughs> and um, basically, Oh no, there we go. Okay. But um basically, um I've known this guy for like six years. Oh, it's a fun it's going on six years. Because he and I actually went to high school together. I was a freshman when he was a junior. And um he played trumpet in marching band and I was in the drum line. And for those of you who are listening who are in marching band, we had this one formation where Zach was on the fifty yard line. And um and the and the bass drums were in like a circle or, or in a half circle around it. Basically, what it was just think a little bit of context. Yeah. Um, if you read the book George Orwell's 1984, yeah, um, it's one of my favorite books of all time. Fantastic book. If you haven't read it, read it. Really well written. We had a show based on it. Basically, a, a marching band. Show on it. And uh, there was a set where I had a solo, and the drum line was behind me, and I had to march up forward. And Declan was marching towards the front, so we were looking at each other. Yeah. And then, ever, for, well, just the first time I ever seen this guy, never know him, just out of nowhere. He does. I just go like this. I'm just like, yo, what's up? 
So like, just give him a little nod, you know, just out of nowhere. I never, I never met this guy either. I was just like, I was like, I'd heard his name before and I knew his name was Zach and I knew he was like fairly popular. I was like, all right, this is the guy to get in with. I was like, so, so like two times happened. And then eventually I just go, so, <laughs> and then we start doing it in the hallway and then yeah. eventually it snowballs. And here we are six years later. Yeah. Basically, um, um, I had started this band called second cadence and we needed a guitar player. And it turns out he plays guitar. We got talking and it became a thing. And um, a year late, a year goes by, and we're practicing. And we have our first gig at this place called Chaplains. And we're opening for this band called The Odyssey. And Chase was the drummer for The Odyssey. So we're playing. We're having a good time. And we're just this, like, crappy little cover band, you know, whatever. And then The Odyssey comes on, and they have this set. They have this great show. It's great. It was fantastic. I apologize for swearing, but anyway, um, and, and Chase is just this, this incredible drummer and I follow the band for like a year and a half. I'm like their biggest fan. And eventually they're like, one of their guitar players leaves and they're like, dude, do you want to play guitar with us? And I was like, okay. So I end up playing guitar for the Odyssey. I get in good with them. And, um, and then Zach, uh, becomes our guitar tech for like a few months. And then the, the, the Odyssey breaks up. And I kind of poached Chase and um and their bass player Jake, really great guy, too. really solid bassist, really good guy. Shout out to Jake, and um and then the two of them with Zach, we formed this group called Revelation. We're doing this like prog rock kind of deal. By the way, shout out to Revelation, shameless plug. We got some stuff out there, but we want to do some new stuff. Yeah, soon. we're gonna we're gonna do our first studio album pretty soon, hopefully, and that's a whole side thing. And then Nate moves up to Florida because my mom is renting out part of the house to him and because he moves up here for a job. And I realized, holy cow, this dude is a big, big music guy. And, uh, um, and he's really into indie rock. And he says, dude, do you want to start like a band? And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. And here we are. And <laughs> this, that's basically what happened. Yeah. So now we got this like Beatles lineup. I'm doing bass, you know. He's doing guitar and vocals. Zach's on guitar. Chase is on the drums. And all is well in the world, except for the fact that Nate moved back to Florida. We're working with it. We're working with it. We're still releasing stuff. Absolutely. Like, um, the three of us, um, the three of us PA boys, are going to be um, doing some studio time up at the Millersville studio, because I actually go to Millersville. And um, well, Derek knows that he goes. And we're gonna too. send Nate all of our tracks. Yeah, and we're gonna send we're gonna send Nate all of our stuff, and he's gonna put his part in it. He's gonna like um, mix it, master it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, keeping the dream alive. Exactly, keeping the dreams and the memes. Yeah. So, exactly. So basic, technically, like where Nate's gonna be working is quote unquote Dinotown Studios. So we are we are using the name Dinotown for something. So, and then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so that's how that's where we are now. Um shout out to Revelation, shout out to the guys who were once in the Odyssey. <laughs> Specifically Jake King and Wyatt Caspright, the Moon Illusion. Um Yeah. Okay, so my next question is what is the idea behind the test kit series? I noticed that on each one of your releases so far you have the words test kit on the cover art. And then you sometimes put a number after it as well. That's a Nate question. Nate? Um, I think I can answer that too. 
Yeah, Tooth, take it. Um, I, I just think it's, you know, it's an indie thing. Creating, a, a, I think, a lot of uh, indie music now is kind of creating a whole mood and aesthetic around your music. Um, and I think it's just kind of in service of that. Um, you know, if you look at bands like Bonnie Bear or, uh, you know, Pine Grove, uh, they have a very well-defined aesthetic and like curvature to how their members act in public, you know, how they dress, um, you know, how their music sounds, how their songs are titled and how their albums are titled. Like Pine Grove has two interlocking squares as their main symbol. Lots of their super fans get that tattooed. Um, Bon Iver usually will title songs based off of places or create a common theme for a record. And I think that, you know, making them, yeah, called Test Kit, you know, with the little Pierre the Penguin uh, in there, kind of just is in service of uh, creating a whole vibe around the band. Cool. Um, so my next question is, what is your song Butch about? On the singles cover art, it says, quote, tell his story. The only person I can personally think of with the name Butch is Birch Hartman, the animator who created shows like Fairly Odd Parents, Danny Phantom, you know, stuff that we grew <laughs> up on. But I'm guessing that's not who you're talking about when you mean tell his story. Yeah. Uh, it looks like Nate's having some connection problems, but I can take this one, too. Um, oh, no, Nate's gone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll just take it. Uh, so down in Florida, there's this uh, guy who would hang around one of the shopping centers down there. Oh, are you good, Nate? Hey, we're talking about Butch. You should tell us about Butch. Yeah. You with us? Yeah. Give him a sec. It'll warm up. One moment. It's like a vintage car. You have to let it warm up until it breaks down on you. Literally, that whole time that he was talking about that woman. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. My, my internet's going in and out, but I will definitely tell you about Butch. Uh, there is, uh, can you all hear? Yeah, yeah, mm, sort of. Just keep going, just keep rolling, see if it works. Okay. okay, Butch is just essentially this old dude that lives in my old hometown. Uh, he's kind of grouchy. He is honestly just the biggest personality you'll ever meet um and he just hangs around this coffee shop um and talks to you like you've known him for forever but it's like your first day meeting him um and there was like one moment and one day chase you want to pick it up yeah sure um Yes, yeah, so like you said, Butch is kind of that older dude who lived in his town. Um, and basically, you know, he's got his stories and things like that. And I think that uh, the song is about him. And, uh, oh. That's actually him on the cover, too, to my understanding. That is Butch. I'm pretty sure that's the case, I think. I think. Name I'm, not, I'm not positive. Um, but like you were saying, he's just the old guy in the town with stories and he would it ride his butch. bike. Yeah. Okay, so it is Butch. Yeah. Nice. Looks like Harvey Cattell. Um, if you listen to the lyrics, they kind of tell a little bit <laughs> of the <his> story. <laughs> yeah. 
story about him riding his bike around the town and you know uh there are definitely some allusions to some illicit substances in there as well if you listen to the lyrics you'll probably pick out um but those all kind of relate to his story and you know the story that he would tell nice yeah <laughs> i never met butch personally but he seems like a good dude so we were <laughs> i'd love to meet him <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly we never met him <laughs> Nate, Nate knows, but yeah, yeah. it sounds like a, ch- a great class A Chad. I know him, and I can attest to all the things they say. Um, I'm gonna let you guys take the majority of the questions as my Wi Fi is kind of going in and out. Um, but I'm pretty sure you hit, but that's okay, man. No worries. We um, we will answer these questions to the best of our ability. We got, yeah. Shoot, Derek. Okay, so the next question is, who's whistling in your song, Stranger? And who idea, who's, I can't speak English right now. And whose idea was it to put that in the song, the whistling? I think the answer to both of those questions is Nate. Yep. Yeah, Declan's right. Yeah, I believe he whistled in his microphone in his bathroom. That's right, because we would record all of our songs in the bathroom. All of our vocals, <laughs> all were, in our vocals were in the bathroom. Yeah. Good acoustics, it really is. It's solid acoustics. Um, but um, yeah, just Nate. I don't know if there's any secret meaning behind the whistling. No, I mean it's just like you know, it it sounded good. So and filled <laughs> filled the spot. It sounded good. I mean it does. So I'm not gonna argue with that. Exactly. Um. <laughs> So, number five, what was the inspiration and meaning behind your song, Reverend Simon? Because, obviously, it's a little bit more of a folkier song. sounds a little bit more religious because you say amen at the end and very vocal. So, what's the inspiration behind that? Um, That's that's a a pretty serious Nate question, but I think Chase might be able to... Yeah, I can elaborate a little bit. Um, I don't want to misspeak about uh, any of kind of the uh, the characters that Nate has created in his writing. But I think that, you know, generally when Nate writes, um, he writes with kind of like in, with a given set of characters in mind, you know, whether he's writing about Butch or, you know, Aurora, or he's, um, you know, talking about the characters in Stranger and things like that. And so I think that, you know... Um, uh, Rev- Reverend Simon is kind of based in the idiom of these characters uh, that he's kind of created, uh, talking about people from his hometown and, you know, elaborating on experiences that he's had um, and experiences that, like, friends have had and things like that, and just kind of creating a bit of a embellished new story off of those themes. Right, and um, I'm pretty sure, like, part of it, again... I don't want to. I don't want to misspeak for Nate or anything. I think part of it might be um, like part of that is like the um, like Nate's own relationship with his mo- with his parents, specifically. I think his mom. And again, Nate, I apologize if any of that information is wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's that's what I was told. By, we're, tr- by- we're trying to hashtag tell your story. <laughs> That's why we keep Zach around. <laughs> I got a zinger every once in a while. Yeah, we keep him around for the one-liners and the guitar playing. <laughs> no, but we're just we're just kidding. We love our Zach, but um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure, like that's that's what that's all about. And um, 
I don't know. I mean, it's it's a great song. You know, it's fantastic. It's got a lot of check it out if you haven't. It's got a lot of symbolism. It's got a lot of great fiddle playing. No, I'm just, I'm, it's a wonderful tune to just sit back and relax to, you know, just have a nice, a wonderful morning, Saturday morning, sit out on the porch, just listen to it. Exactly. Really solid backing vocals too. Um, was it, was that you and Chase? Was that all Nate? Uh, oh, for the, oh, for the, the actual choir. And yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's something around like 16 to 20 vocal tracks. Um, a couple of them were Chase. A couple of them were me. A couple of them were uh, Nate. I did not have any, unfortunately. Yeah, he, I, was, he, I was just fiddle. He wasn't around for the vocal, um, for the vocal track aspect of it. But that entire choir is just a mix of us. Well, yeah, that's because uh, Zach and Chase actually commute to college, and I live on campus. And we're both very close to this building, which is where we were able to record the majority of our stuff. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I also have another question uh, that I just thought of. Um, I think it's in Stranger, if I remember right. But there's this really, really interesting guitar riff. I, I think it's I think it's chordal. Um, and forgive me, I'm not a guitarist. I don't know really anything about guitar other than what I've learned from watching like Rob Scallon and Samurai Guitarist on YouTube, which is basically Scallon. nothing Scallon. still. You're amazing. Um, but there's this like really, really cool thing that you do with the guitar. I don't know who does it, but um, it, it almost sounds like it's key changing. Like, like there's multiple key changes in what you're doing. I could be completely wrong mishearing that, but it. what am I thinking of? It's towards the end of the song, I think. How does it go? Mm. Now I have to... Yeah, and part of it... Um, the bass sort of does like this kind of walk-up thing. I mean... Yeah, that's because yeah, the key, the chords are like C major and then E major and then F, so it like dances around the key of C. You did a couple but, tracks on that, but we're, too, didn't but you? we're breaking a couple of the rules with that. Yeah, and I um, yeah. I did like I did like two or three tracks of bass on that, um, just layered them. Yeah, but um, we we didn't keep the layers unfortunately because it got too boomy. But we, we kept the second layer. No, no, that was just me. That was just me going back and forth between the octaves. But um, I didn't catch that. Eventually, I ended it on the uh, the low C, yeah, like the really, really low C. So it's like, you know, it's yeah. But um, I mean, Zach's doing all sorts of lead stuff in that. Oh, and Strangers, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, okay. So my guitar and Stranger. uh, I don't know if this is what you're referring to, but um. If you notice about um, maybe a fourth of the way into the song, um, you'll hear a guitar with very heavy tremolo effect on it. It's playing higher notes. It's it's just giving ambience to it. Uh, That's pretty much just what I'm doing the whole song. It adds a flavor to it that it otherwise did not have before. So I'm happy with that. Obviously, that bass part was amazing. Yeah. And um, not to get all jazz theory on y'all, but jazz theory is a beautiful thing. Go learn it. Um, I liked how, like, first thing I noticed was... um, when the chord changes to E after like Nate's first like little bout of lyrics, um, like you know he plays the high C chord, then he plays an E minor over A major or over E major, I, yeah. So it gives it like a bit of a sharp nine vibe, which, very jazzy. Yeah, which I thought was like, I thought is I thought it was cool. I thought it was like, like honestly, it felt like something like Harrison might have done um, if given the opportunity. So I mean, I thought that was really really cool. Uh, do more of that, please. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Got, gotta love them Steely Dan chords, you know? And henceforth the inspiration. Exactly. 
them Jacob Collier chords. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that's a Dan thing. That's definitely a Dan thing. The Sharp Nine, like Deacon Blues type type deal. Yeah, yeah, it's a great tune. Check out Deacon Blues off of off of Asia. It's my favorite Steely Dan tune. Really good song. Really good album too. Honestly, all of Steely Dan's really good. So just check them out. <laughs> oh, that that was a massive sidetrack. I, I apologize, Derek. Please. It is perfectly fine. I was trying to look for it again, um, trying to listen back to it while you were getting into the theory stuff, because you know, and I could not find it. So maybe That's okay. I'm just totally okay. misremembering. It's like at. I'm sure we caught. That's I. I'm sure we figured it out in one way or another. But um, yeah, definitely give it a listen to the people who are listening to this. Give that song a listen if you hear anything cool or quirky. Definitely uh, DM us, ask us about it. You know. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. All right, you got a um, next question. Back to you, Derek. Okay, and so that's it with my questions. Now, fan questions. None of your fans sent me in some, so of course, then we go to the default last fan question, which is from my mother. Go, mom. Um, so she asked a couple of questions. Uh, let me just state them all, and then you can do them in order, however you want, whatever. So she asked, one, do you guys all go to the same college? Two, are any of you music majors? Three. Is anyone in your own family's musically inclined? Basically, do you draw inspiration or jam with anyone y'all are re- related to? I guess we're going to have to do these one at a time. Yeah, Chase, can you start? Um, none of us. Well, I don't go to. The, yeah, I don't think any of us go to the same college. Um, but I'm a music major and Declan's music major. Um, Zach and Nate are not. Um, it's out of college. Yes. Um, and I personally am not related to anyone that plays music. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I go to Millersville. Uh, shout out to Millersville. Derek and I go to Millersville. Yeah. Uh, music great industry program. Be, great day to be a marauder. It is always a great day to be a marauder. That should be the official slogan. We need It's a Great Day to be a Marauder merch now. But um, but yeah, fifty bucks for a shirt. <laughs> but yeah, I go to Millersville. Um, Chase goes to Kutztown. Zach used to go to Kutztown, but he goes to Westchester now. And Nate is out of college, like we said. Um, where's I going with that? Yeah. Um, I actually am related to some people who um who play music. Um, on my um, I was actually adopted, but on my birth mom's side, they um, they're they're like five aunts on that side, like great aunts who are uh, concert pianists. Um, I didn't get that talent. I got, I got the bass. I got bass talent. I got guitar, a um, little bit of vocals, but yeah, I can, I can pluck my way through a piano. I'm not, I'm not anything great on piano. I can play like maybe I'm amazed or like, yeah. Or a little bit of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, everyone has to learn that, you know? Um, I do want to get into jazz piano though, like big time. That stuff's really, really cool. Like yeah. the, um, like Duke Ellington, Bill Evans, um, Joe Zawin, all the fusion stuff, um, Donald Fagan, more fusion stuff. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, that's, um, that's, that's, that's what it is on my end. 
And um, basically for me, uh, to keep a long story short, because I've had a lot in terms of college, uh, started at Kutztown as a music education major. Uh, spent a year there. Um, for better or for worse, was not a big fan. Uh, they have a lot different faculty now that uh, Chase is there. You can attest to some of the amazing faculty that's there. Dude, John Riley, an amazing drummer. That guy's a guru, man. Um, that guy's friggin' awesome. But back when I went there, not so much. That's all right. Um, transferred to Westchester, ended up being a business management major, ended up changing that to communication studies. Um, still love music. A lot of my family is in music. All of my aunts, including my mother, uh, played an instrument, um, either uh, saxophone, one of them. My mom played trumpet, which is how I ended up getting into trumpet. Um, I found her old horn in my closet when I was, uh, say, in second grade or so. Uh, ended up learning all 12 major scales, went into fourth grade, trumpet one. Uh, loved it all the way through um, a second year of college. Ended up uh, setting it aside. Uh, I have other priorities with my music, mainly guitar. I've been playing guitar for 10 years this year. Um, but yeah, I've ended up being able to jam, uh, with my mom back when I played trumpet. Uh, I have a few of them now, uh, so her and I would play together and spend some time doing that. Um, but other than that, not really, uh, anyone else in my family. Uh, my dad played a little bit. My grandparents did not. So that's that. Miss anything? Um, I mean, why are you looking at me? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's about that. <laughs> I mean, now we need Nate, but Nate's Wi-Fi is literally the spottiest Wi-Fi I've ever seen. So, and he's frozen. I can right tell now, you, which makes it even better. <laughs> if you need me to, um, I can. Me too. Sure. I was gonna say, I feel like, um, from what Nate's told me, I feel like he's been playing. From what I've heard, he's been playing guitar since he came out of the womb. You know, <laughs> but um. Dude's really, dude's really put in the work. He's a self-taught on guitar, um, and he's done a lot of, um, a lot of like studio work, um, or not studio work, but um, like he knows how to run a Logic session like nobody I've ever seen, and um, crazy good at. He's, he's he really knows his way around. He knows what he's doing, and um, he's done a lot of like um, live sound too. A lot of live sound for um, for churches, different church organizations. And that's like a surprisingly good place, a good source of knowledge for that kind of stuff, because a lot of um, a lot of worship, um, a lot of worship teams, a lot of worship groups, um, really really pay top dollar for like a good sound like, tech, good sound techs, good sound systems, good DAWs. Um, for those of you who don't know, a DAW is a digital audio workstation, such as Logic, Pro Tools, or Ableton. Um, <laughs> little little sidebar, um, Logic gang all the way. But um, anyway. Yeah, really, I feel like I feel like Nate is a really really accomplished dude in his um in his musical career. Dude can also um play bass and can play drums as well and dude really really knows how to play piano as well. Like um incredible. We're working on this track right now called um called Gloria. Um be careful that's going to come out on the uh on the album. You're going to uh, really enjoy some of that. Yeah, to uh, keep an eye out for that one. Um I'm actually I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but um um, he played all the piano on that. It was actually um, on Zach's piano. It's um, mahogany with ivory keys. So I was going to say, fun fact about that piano. It's, oh, yes. Yeah. It's 120 years old. Um, nice. So and it has the original strings on it. So when you hear him playing that, it's crazy. It sounds a lot better than you would think. It's but, immaculate. Um, when you hear it, just pay attention to just some of the tonal, tonality, just different things that nuances and certain things that he's able to do. You can hear a lot of the mechanical portions of the piano throughout the tune. It's very dynamic. I think you're going to really like it. Yeah. And plus, um, like 
it seriously that piano sounds better than any Steinway. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that right now. It's a Charles M. Steiff. If you, if anyone knows their vintage pianos, exactly. And there's gonna be like one person who's gonna be like, yeah, I know what that is. But um, speaking of Gloria, this is a bit of a side side sidetrack here. I have actually been um, I I was like I listened to Nate play it and I listened to his um his MP3 of it. He sent it to me and I said, dude, this needs strings like now. And and he was like, I don't know, man. I think it sounds pretty good as is. And I'm like, dude, just give me like a few hours. Just send me the MP3 again so I have it just to be sure I'm like on my laptop. And um, just let me let me write some string parts and let me send it to you. He's like, okay, fine. So I take like a I take like an hour or two and I go into MuseScore. Shout out to MuseScore, it's free. Heck yeah. yeah. And um, I'm listening for I'm listening to these different like chord shapes he's using, different like chord voicings. And how they how they play with the melody. My hair is being a... anyway. <laughs> and I'm writing these string parts: violin one, violin two, viola, cello, and double bass. And I'm going through, and I'm like, I'm like, this is gonna work. This is totally gonna work. And I'm writing all these parts, and I finish them. I print them out. I send it to him, um, and I show it to him. This was still back when he was living here, by the way. This is maybe like two or three weeks before he left. And um, and I play him the string parts. And um, I have him like sing with them just to see how they'll sound. And he, and he looks at me and he goes, yeah, let's, let's do it. This is happening. And most of it's been recorded by now. Yeah. Most of it's actually been recorded. I brought people in um, to record individual parts. Um, I brought in my old violin teacher, Mr. Ray Malari. Shout out to Mr. Ray. Woo! He's amazing. Dude is a am- dude is awesome. He's amazing. He taught me everything I know. Um, hashtag Mr. Ray, hashtag violin muscles. Um, yeah, dude, I love that guy. He's great. Um, I had my old bass teacher, uh, Ryan Lever, come in uh, to do double bass work. Um, had a buddy of mine, Mark Egan, come in to do cello. Um, Ray actually did violin and viola because he also teaches viola. So dude really put in, put in legwork on that track. Um, and I had um, a friend of mine from high school, Sophie, come in to play violin. I also laid down some violin tracks, and I had my buddy Harley – um, come in to play double bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have um, so we have two double bass tracks, and that's where it's at right now. But we're not done yet because we're going to have a few more people come in um, to do um, to do more violins and violas and cellos. So stay tuned. Um, basically, the goal for that is to have like this kind of uh, Abbey Road orchestra laid out because they had twelve violins, four violas, four cellos, and and a double bass. But I wanted to do two double basses. So six violin ones, six violin twos, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a full orchestra, well, basically. I mean, sort of. It's close. Te- technically speaking, it's not, but like, a court, it's we're we're stealing from the Beatles yet again. So, <laughs> like, if you listen to um to Abbey Road, that's the string section. Like for um Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight in the End, that's literally. Like that was their setup. We're trying to mimic what they have going on. Right. And I mean, obviously they had horns and they had, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But um, we just wanted strings for this track. So here we are. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the record. Yeah. Jump on. um, We will be releasing it in late February. um, And we have a couple other tunes in the works. Uh, one of which is Cafe Racer, which I'm very proud of. Uh, Nate worked very hard on that one, uh, writing it. It's the best. Good lyrics, backing vocals, things like that. So uh, just be on the lookout for that. 
I think that's uh, the one thing that I wanted to plug uh, at the end here. Yeah. And yeah, um, my last question was going to be, what do you guys want to plug? But you guys already started doing it. So I, I was going to say, I'm actually writing a few tracks for that too. I'm doing some lyrical chops. Obviously not as good as Nate. That is, that is a fact. Nate is a better lyricist and a better vocalist than I am. He's fantastic. But, but I, wanted, I, wanted to, I wanted to give it a shot. So, like, so there's a little bit of a Lennon-McCartney dynamic, you know? I don't, I don't know. Just, well, but um, check out our, all of our stuff that's currently up. And uh, stay tuned for some of our uh, most recent works. Absolutely. Uh, also check out um, Revelation. Um, they're still – we're not active right now, but we're going to be, hopefully, this coming year once – COVID decides to stop plaguing the earth. And maybe and, once um, we have more stuff out, we'd love to be on your podcast ab- as Revelation. Absolutely. That would be great sure. as well. Yeah. yeah. That would be a lot of fun. Um, and also we mentioned Wyeth. Check out the Moon Illusion. Um, check out the Odyssey if you want to. But I mean... <laughs> that band has been... That, that band is not active anymore. Um, we disbanded. If you want to check yeah there's some good stuff thank you yeah there you go. thank you for warning it so well see the progression also um actually speaking speaking of moon illusion i'm um why actually recently dropped a single like within the last two weeks called heavy weather check that out um some of the odyssey guys are on that track chase is on drums i'm doing guitar stuff uh jake is on bass um our buddy dylan's doing um doing saxophone stuff uh, it's a good time. It's a great time. Check it out. Um, yeah, we, we like to plug other people too. Um, <laughs> plug our friends. Yeah, we thank you, friends. thank you, Derek, well, very thank much. You, thank you so much for having us. Listen to the uh, Derek talks about blank with blank podcast. Check them out on Spotify or Apple Music, whatever you got. Um, and check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you've got. We're everywhere. Um, so yeah, that's. That's our shameless plug. That's what we got. Yeah. That's your shameless 10-minute plug. <laughs> exactly. We will never stop plugging things. Check out Steely Dan. <laughs> check out King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Check out Pine Grove. Um, check out King Crimson. Check, check out, out the Beatles. Peter Gabriel. Of course, check out the Beatles. Um, greatest band of all time. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you, yeah. Derek. Yeah, thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. This was this has been a great experience. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, we'll see you guys later. Thank yeah. you for joining us. Thank you, buddy. Have a good one.